Your ass better call somebody. All right. Cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World, the McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. Welcome back in, everybody, to another episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. This is episode nine, and I can't believe that Ray keeps letting me do these. Hell, we got him tricked, don't we, Adam? <laughs> episode nine, over two months of podcast, once a week, coming straight at you. As always, I'm your host, McNutted. You can find me on Twitter at Iowa Michael, and of course, my man is in the building. ATM is here. You can find him on Twitter at ATM4DChess. What is going on tonight, big guy? McNutted, Michael, we're back in the building. It's kind of like going to work every day, and you're like, is, does the key card still work? We're, we're here, episode nine. We, we're still in the building. He still lets us in, so we're going to keep bringing you the 4D chess mindset. Hell Yeah. What is that uh, that famous clip from the NFL? Is it from uh, Hard Knocks or something? There's that clip of that player trying to go into the building, and he keeps scanning his key card. Key card. The door won't open. That was, <laughs> was that Hard open. Knocks? I think it was Hard Knocks. I, I don't know if it's Hard Knocks or like something. But there's a clip going out around there. I'll have to find it later because it's going to eat at me until I figure yeah. out exactly what it is. But I know there is one. But our yep. key card still works. We're still here. Ray hasn't shut him off yet. He still lets us come back week after week to keep giving you our knowledge, our process. And we're going to continue that tonight. We're going to bang out another good one. What we got on schedule today? What are we talking about tonight, Adam? This one, I'm I'm very excited for this one. Last one was dope. I think a lot of our episodes are dope. But this one here is going to be talking about understanding your league mates, kind of the art of the deal, how all these episodes before we're talking about startup values, understanding that, talking about, Two weeks ago with understanding your league, your league size, the settings, you know, best ball, lineup, shallow leagues, deep leagues, putting all that into into your mind, into your mindset. And then now, okay, how do we make this happen for you in your leagues? Absolutely. I think the best way to kick off of this, knowing your league mates, and this is a topic near and dear to my heart. I love it. For those of you out there who have listened to anything that we have done, our Patreon, some podcasts, me on Twitter, I go deep and hard after a specific website, a very specific website, and it's nothing against the people who make it, run it, affiliated with it. It has nothing to do with it. Well, that seems to be everybody's damn favorite, Keep Trade Cut. Keep Trade Cut. Oh, man. I absolutely despise people using Keep Trade Cut as some sort of litmus test for how to value players, especially in deals. One, the calculator is absolutely bogus. Two, the rankings, no matter how much you want to, quote, unquote, say that they're crowdsourced, that's great, man. They're crowdsourced. But it's crowdsourced by mostly idiots. Or people who aren't paying attention or just click some shit to get get on through, right? So I take almost absolutely no stock in what their rankings are because they are highly exploitable. Now, the reason I bring this up is the bigger picture of trade calculators as a whole in knowing your league mates. I'm sure we have all had that league mate who sends you a trade offer and then is in your DMs with the screenshot of whatever calculator, DTC, DLF, keep trade cut, uh, player profiles, dynasty dominator, it doesn't matter. And trying to convince you because this calculator says it's a good deal for you, why you should take it, which we know those people. The reason we get after this is because if your league mates want to give you that little piece of nugget, that is one piece, the first piece, in my opinion, of knowing your league mates on how to absolutely exploit them and do dirty, disgusting things to them in trades that shouldn't be allowed. Absolutely, man. The 
the calculators are big. And if you are able to, like, when you start to learn and understand your league mates, right, there's a lot of things you're going to get into. But if you ever get the calculator that they use, if they're kind of using that as their stone, the Bible that they go off of, it's this is their slave to this calculator. If that's the case, the thing about it is this. You now have an edge on them. You know, okay, this is what they use as their guide to everything. So there's probably good things about most calculators. I think in general, though, all calculators are exploitable. And there are some that are more exploitable than others, in particular, like keep trade cut, where the values you have to add to get Jamar Chase. If you're going to give CD Lamb, you have to add a top five quarterback. Okay. That if you know that and your league mate, the trading partner you're working with, actually utilizes that, you have so much leverage, it's ridiculous. So exploit that in that situation. Point though is all these calculators are exploitable. They have their flaws. Even the even the one that I think is probably closest to the best one, Dynasty Dominator, it absolutely has its flaws. Matt Kelly and his people, they have players that are going to be too high or too low and there are opportunities to exploit even that one so it's a big thing understanding your league mates is if they get a calculator if they reveal it to you use that man listen if you are new to dynasty or newer in the space and you don't do a you haven't done a lot of trading right you haven't been around you haven't seen values you don't have a real good grasp of a calculator is a good thing just to kind of give you a baseline of what's close right somebody sends you a deal Say it makes sense. It's young guys for young guys and maybe some draft picks involved. You can plug it into a calculator and know that you're probably not too far off if the calculator is in your favor, right? There are still ways to exploit it on the, the micro level where, yes, I know that you can plug it into a calculator and it seems like I'm sending you a fair deal, but I really have something more maniacal in mind that, yeah, it seems on the surface because... I figured out how to exploit this calculator. I went through the rankings. I went through the values. I sat there on my phone and I played with it until I got the trade just right where I gave you that just a little bit of advantage. If I know that's the calculator you're using, to know that I can still get one over on you, right? Maybe I sneak in that extra second in 23 that you're not thinking about, but that 23 in the second round doesn't set off the calculator in my favor, right? But that could be the thing in the deal where if you were to show it to most other people, they'd be like, man, you paid way too much for that. <laughs> that. That 23 second is just killer. How could you do that? So these are the kind of things, like if your league mates want to openly give you this kind of information, they want to, to put it out in the DMs to try to convince you of a good offer, take that information, pull up that calculator. You know, I, I'm, I'm subbed and I'm paid to a lot of calculator subscription services and not because I use them, right? Not because I'm in there trying to make deals with Adam on a calculator. No, nope, I'm in there because, because of these league mates I have. There's certain ones I know who who preach, like Adam said, this, this certain calculator is their Bible. So I'm going to try to get every piece of advantage I can by pulling up that calculator and I will start plugging in trades. Trade after trade after trade. And, oh, man, I really like this one for me. Oh, perfect. The calculator says they win by 10 points. They're going to smash except this. And a lot of times they do. <laughs> a lot of times they do. And then I'll go show Adam in DMs. Like, hey, do you believe I got this done? This is wild. <laughs> Michael sent me some deals. and They're the type, if you've watched the Dynasty Trade Show, they're the ones that might make me fall out of my chair. He, he sends me some of those. It's like. I don't what what did you do to this person like their their whole dynasty career and certainly this team it's over so that is a lot of that's knowing your league mates so I think here what I kind of want to get into here Mike is I get asked this question a lot from whether it's patrons or you know it just in discussions what should I send in these deals right so how do I structure a deal I want to get this person that person one thing I think that I see made an error or something that should be worked on by a lot of dynasty managers that don't put a lot of thought process into the deals they're sending out. Right. One of two things. It's either this home run deal completely so far in their favor. They just send those out in mass. You're basically throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks. Right. You don't care if 25, 35, 50 of them get declined. If one or two of them go through, you're winning. 
or you you kind of structure a deal which you think is fair in value, maybe based on some trade calculator or what you believe dynasty values are, but it's not really thought out for your your manager you're trading with. It's not really thought out for them. It's just I'm getting Najee. I'm sending you back something in the range that makes sense for Najee. And you haven't really thought about why would that make sense for them? You're just saying, okay, it's fair in dynasty value. That's kind of like playing checkers. Like that's maybe some of those deals go through, but that process is not something that really is going to work for you over and over and over again. It's not going to be a way for you to build, you know, trading partners long-term in your leagues. Listen, you and I have a lot of similar player values, right? We have our, our subtle differences, right? And when we make trades, a lot of times we're making trades on those those minute differences. Like you may value a wide receiver a few spots higher than I value the wide receiver. And conversely, I may be trying to get a running back from you that maybe I value a few spots ahead of you know the wide receiver or the running back I'm setting back, right? So that's where you and I tend to make a lot of deals. But one of the things I will say is when I'm sending you deals, 99% of the time, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, right? I'm not trying to send you like, oh, yeah, I'm getting one over on you right now, Adam. I, I send you an offer because I know the type of person you are. I, I take a look at your team and what your team build is and what you're trying to accomplish. And I send you something that I think will be fair. I'm also not sending you this type of deal where it's so heavily weighted in my side because I'm expecting a counter. A lot of times it's quite the opposite. I, You know, personally, I will send you a deal and I'll be like, this is, this is it, man. Like there's, there's not a lot it. of, yeah, there's not a, a lot of wiggle room, room on this one. Like I'm not trying to get one over. I'm not trying to play this game where you and I are going to counter back and forth 75 times. Right. I'm sending you a deal. And there's just a, you know, because you have sent sent it back where it's been like you add a second on, and I'm like, nah, forget it, man. Like that was it. That that was it. All right, right. what about a third? Well, at that point, I'm already, I'm, I'm flaccid. I'm not, I'm not what, ready what to hell, go here. What the hell do you take me for, ATM? A second? Come on, man. That was a good deal. I'm not doing no second. Come on. Yeah. So that, that's that's 100 right. And I think the thing there is that that's like some basic. I call it basic bullshit, right? It's not, it's not something that's going to pay off over time. It, maybe you get some people that take some of these dog shit deals and have it, it hits here and there, but it's not something that's thought out process. It's certainly not 4D. So, I think a, something that I do see then that's more, you know, the finesse, the the dynasty degenerates, the audience we're we're talking to, right? A lot of times, what they're gonna do is they're going to, like you said, you're going to size up the team before you make an offer. Okay, what does this team look like? Is it a rebuilding team? You kind of categorize it for yourself. Is it a rebuilding team? Is it a contending team? Or is it something that's kind of in the middle you're having a hard time? Then based on your assessment, you look and see what direction they're going, and you try to make a deal that makes sense for them, that is acceptable for them based on what you view, and also, you're getting back the assets you want in return. You kind of size up your, your league mates. And I think that's good. And, and it's something that Mike and I do a lot of times when we do these team reviews. But here, here's the little piece that I think needs to be said. And this is actually one of the bigger keys, I think, to really going to that next level in trading. So if you value what I'm talking about at all, please perk your ears up right here. Trading is not just about you. Everything I just said about that, right? Here's the problem. It's about you and it's through your lenses, okay? So in trading, it's also about the other manager. It's primarily about the other manager and then figuring them out and getting what you want in return while giving them what they believe they want. So I think the key there is really getting deep into understanding what they want versus just what you see on the surface as yourself still. One of the things too, let's, let's use some, some examples, especially in, in using them between you and I, because we play in a lot of leagues together. We value stuff similarly. This is, this is what we're talking about here. You know, the leagues that I'm competitive in, right? You can identify those leagues that we play in. We're like, man, Mike's going for it in either this year or the next year or whatever it may be. And usually those leagues are the ones where you're in more of a rebuild 
or you know a productive struggle however you want to want to phrase it you own a lot of draft picks yeah if if you and i are trying to make a trade in that league are you sending me draft picks as like the main piece of a deal on a team that i'm trying to be competitive out fuck no right what's the you, point what's you the know point? you're wasting you know everybody's the, time you, we're wasting time right in the same sense i'm not sending you old crusty veterans for your draft picks or for your young guys, right? <laughs> Here, like, go, go. Now you got to go flip this guy that's got a couple years left to, for your rebuild. What, what are we doing? Like, we could get deals done like that, but they'd have to be so wild in value. Like, if I sent you Matt Ryan and all I asked for back was a fourth round pick, you'd be like, "Fuck it." Like, I guess I'm. Uh, yes. I guess I'll take there, Matt Ryan. There, there are deals that are. <laughs> regardless of build or whatever you're trying to do, they're just smash deals, right? Like that. So exactly. But that's, that's but if I send you, here. if I send you Matt Ryan for the two Oh one, you're going to be like, you didn't even look at my team, right? You didn't pay attention exactly. to what I'm trying to do. Why the hell would I want Matt Ryan for this? This is, we're, we're, we're wasting time here in the, in the same sense on the converse thing. If I'm competing, I'm not taking the two Oh one for Matt Ryan. Right. <laughs> You could be a Matt Ryan fan all you want and be like, oh, I'll give you the 201 for him. No, man, like he's he's my QB three or he's my QB two. Like, what why am I getting rid of this guy? I need I need some I need some security at quarterback here, and I'm I'm contending. What are you doing? Why are you taking Matt Ryan? This is a huge part of knowing your league mates is one, identifying that what what are they trying to do with their roster, right? Are they yes, yes, are they are they rebuilding? Are they contending? Are they in a productive struggle? Are they on that borderline of a productive struggle? Maybe they're on year two or year three, right, where they've they've built up the assets. That may be the point where you can identify, okay, they, they have a young team, they have some draft capital, but this team is like they're, they're a few pieces away from being a real contender. Maybe I explore if I wanted to get into the nuclear rebuild. Maybe I target this guy, right? He's got two quarterbacks. He's got three running backs, four, four solid wide receivers, a good tight end. He's missing that QB three. Maybe I get in DMs with him. Like I may have a guy who's not super sexy, but this may be a guy, a guy I target. Like, hey, let me get that that two on one from you, right? And I got this this QB. I got the Matt Ryan. He could be your QB three. You you know, just a solid guy for your bench. What do you think about that? And at that point, you've piqued that guy's interest, right? Because obviously, you've paid attention. Or girl, let me let me rephrase that. Guy or girl, because yep, there yep, there yep. are girls who play Dynasty. I Absolutely. don't want to we discriminate it here. No, you have piqued that person's interest to the point where, man, this guy, this person, has actually paid attention to my roster. He's trying to make a deal that is good for me. It makes the whole thing more amicable. I think that's the right word. <laughs> We're getting yep. big words here. I like it. I like McNutt's coming here. It, it makes it a better situation for dealing, and, and it all just stems from knowing your league mates. I mean, we'll, we'll say it, but there are many facets to it. This is a one that is very important. Don't waste their time in a deal. Like Adam's saying, the trade is not just about you. Nobody's making a trade to get bent over in a deal, right? Nobody wants to end up on the Dynasty trade show and be clowned. Yeah. That's not the goal of the, the, the trade. The goal of the trade is... I make my team better in the direction that I'm heading and you make your team better in the direction that you're heading. I'll exchange this asset for this asset. It's the same thing anywhere else in life. When you pay for a service, you expect something back in return, right? You expect the good service. It's a fair trade on both sides. It's people trying to get better. So yes, you can hit those slam dunk dynasty trade show deals where we will absolutely clown somebody about but in a general sense, that shouldn't be the majority of your deals. I mean, you can be that guy who just sends out spam offers, but for the people who are sharper, and I would imagine even the, the average dynasty person, after you receive so many of those, like those deals come into your inbox, you just ignore that person. Like, I'm not I'm not dealing with this guy anymore. I'm done exactly. With him. Exactly. You, you kind of, in a way, burn a bridge, and also you they don't take your deal serious. Like Mike said, nobody wants to be Dudley from the Knicks getting absolutely posterized by Shaq on their deals. That's not the reason anyone's playing Dynasty. They're not trying to get taken advantage of. But here's the thing I, I think the key to kind of get into some of this, right? Like Mike said, you kind of want to get into the DMs. I think what's very key, something that works for me, you got to just be observant. 
kind of try to look through their lenses, deep dive into what they're doing so you can best structure what they want. I'll, I'll say this too. A lot of times people get annoyed with like the counters and the banter back and forth sometimes with managers they're going to try and make deals with. And they're like, man, I, I never get a deal done. Even if I don't get a deal done, every single time, what I'm trying to do is I'm okay if I don't get a deal done, but I get a piece of what that manager is trying to do. Ultimately, stockpiling information on your league mates, okay? So you, you get through the DMs, right? You're communicating with them. You, you talk to them. Okay, who do you like on my team? What, what are some of the pieces you like on my team? Picks, players. This is something that's not 4D, but a lot of dynasty managers do. They have players and picks which are untouchable. Patrick Mahomes, he, he's off the he's off limits. Find that out. If that's the case, Patrick Mahomes shouldn't be in any deal you're trying to send to them. It's pointless, right? You're trying to figure them out. You want to find out what's the goals of their team. Do they have a direction? Or are they not that sharp? They don't really have a direction at all. They're just trying to make deals here and there. Ultimately, you're trying to you're attempting to establish a bridge. But here's the thing about this, right? 4D. Remember this. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words, all right? And, and the reason I say that is because all that stuff you get in their DMs, it's good stuff to keep in the back of your mind. But how many times do people talk the game, but they don't walk the walk, right? Here's where you get to the butt-naked truth. You go, you need to start getting into what they've actually done in deals, okay? So when I say this, now, what's going to suck right now if you're in sleeper you probably just renewed the league. There might not be that many deals done. So you may have to go back to the 2021 previous year. But you want to get into, into their transaction history, right? What are they doing? Okay, some of the things I look for when I'm doing the transaction history dive on a team to kind of see what they're doing. How many deals have they made? Are, are they a high volume trader, right? Are they making 10, 15, 20, 30 deals in a season? Or are they low volume? They're making one, two, three, four deals in a year. That gives you an idea of really how they're managing their team. On top of that, okay, what kind of deals are they making? Is there a pattern? Are they a team that's making a lot of moves that are they're signaling contending or like rebuilding type moves? They're devaluing picks. They're going to get older, crusty guys. They're trying to basically win it now. Is that the pattern you're seeing? Or is it the opposite? Are they rebuilding? Are you seeing that youth and pick movement? They're trying to get younger. They're trying to establish picks. Or are they all over the place? You can't really get a read because sometimes they're contending. Sometimes they're rebuilding. You don't. There's not a pattern. I think these are the, the things you need to start thinking about when you're sizing up your league mates. I think one of the craziest things I think you and I have seen over our time, especially running our own Patreon, talking with the patrons, right, and doing some of these team reviews with our high-tier members is our boy T-Rock, right? That first, remember that first team review we did with him? Oh, yeah. He pulled up. Oh, this yeah. man had a detailed spreadsheet on every person in every league that he's in, what they mm -hmm. like, what they like to trade for, how many deals they've done, what they usually favor, what he thought their direction was, right? Yep. What assets that they had in the future. Like, this man was detailed. It was impressive to me. I don't have time. To do that, especially in no. twenty plus leagues, he, right? He, you don't. If you have a spreadsheet like that on all your leagues, that is that is dedication. I don't. I don't have anything like that either. There might be some leagues where I have little little tiny bit of notes on, but nothing to that extreme. One of the other things I think you can use to your advantage, like you're talking about with the transaction history, is Sleeper started implementing that feature where when you send a deal, it also sends a DM to the person, right, with yes. the deals yes. in it. So a lot of these leagues, like sometimes. I'm, I have a general idea, right? I have a pretty good memory of who's in my league and I kind of have a feel for the guys in there and who likes to do what. And I play with a lot of the same players a lot over different, different leagues. You know, the same group of like 40 people, I might be in five, six, seven different leagues with different ones yeah. of them. Yeah, multiple leagues with them, yep. But that DM feature that Sleeper has on there where I can just instantly go back, okay, I got a DM, it's got this offer in it, what's the league, who they sending? I can scroll up a little bit, right? I can see my past interactions, the deals that I sent to them, the deals they sent to me, any conversations associated with that deal. And I kind of get an idea like, man, this guy has sent me four consecutive offers for this player. He must really want this player. Let's see if we can work something out. 
In the past, where has it failed? What have I countered with or offered back that he didn't want? Let's see if I can tweak this a little bit. This guy really wants Jonathan Taylor. He really doesn't want to give up, like you said, like a Patrick Mahomes. Maybe that's an untouchable guy. So let's right. cross that off the list. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip the BS of starting with Patrick Mahomes, and we're gonna go to somewhere else, right? Exactly. We're gonna, we're gonna see if something else fits. And in some cases, there are just times where a deal is not gonna get done, right? They don't have the correct pieces that you value. You don't have the correct pieces they value. But it's good to keep those things in mind because Dynasty is so ever-changing. Maybe down the road in a month, they make a trade with somebody else and they acquire some pieces that you actually really like, right? Yes, hey, yes. Hey, do you, that, you want to go so back? Key. Do you want to go back and revisit this Jonathan Taylor trade again? Like, I see that you got, you know, player X. You got Cam Akers. I'm, I'm a big Cam Akers fan. I'd like to get him off of you. Can we do something with Cam Akers and JT? Let's 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 make a deal here. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't so value key. I don't so value key. Cam Akers as high, right? Okay, cool. So we're we're starting from the same spot. Now like now I now I have all that information. Now I can balance here. See that that is perfect. Per, that's such a good point, man. Such a good point. It's these little things, and especially like I, I don't want to seem like I'm always gassing up sleeper, but that's the platform we play on for a reason. Is because of these things where now you have that ability to go back and track stuff and to look at it and to get a better feel of your league mates. Like you can go through the the history of deals. That is not something I personally do, and maybe I need to start doing more. I will go back through the history of somebody's deals in their league, like if we're getting towards the middle of the season, right? And I got more data. Yeah. I don't want to have to go back to the previous year and then start search, searching through stuff. I may pull it up and look at the history of a player, like say it's Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, that, that's a really nice feature they have too. Good point. That is an absolutely great feature. What did they spend on him for draft capital in the startup? Yeah. Okay, they they didn't draft him in the startup. All right, how'd they get him? Who'd they trade with? How many times has he been traded around, right? Yes. And absolutely. some of these guys, you get a good feel of, man, he's going to want that deal back. <laughs> yep. He's uh, I wish I could recruits. go back in time. That that one is is stamped in time as, oh, man, I hate that deal. So these are the kind of like little minor details. One of the things that I wanted to touch on too is we play in the dynasty space, right? This is all you and I really do. I'll dabble in redraft best ball and I have a redraft home league, but I don't really pay too much attention to redraft. My There's a reason this is the 4D chess dynasty podcast and we are talking dynasty. This is yes. my main long focus yep. by, by a long shot. This is what I enjoy playing. This is what I like playing. So not everybody is like us, right? If you're listening to a dynasty podcast, you're pretty into dynasty as a whole redraft is a much bigger genre of fantasy football. There are people in my leagues. I know who are just casual dynasty players, right? They're, they're not as in tuned with the dynasty landscape as, as I am or other people are. And sometimes when I go to make deals with them, these are subtle little things that you can pick up. Like this is a redraft guy I'm dealing with. This is another area that you can exploit or, or at least be aware of when making deals with these kind of people is what, what their preference is when they play fantasy football. Because they may be operating for a more redraft mindset, a more win now every year at all costs kind of mindset. For prime example, the other day I received a trade offer on Najee Harris, right? Najee Harris was one of the most valuable pieces I have on this roster. It's a best ball league. I'd like to get some more depth. He's by far and away the most valuable piece I own. So I put Najee Harris on the block, right? The first offer I get is from a more redraft-focused owner sending me Alvin Kamara for my Najee Harris and Mason Rudolph. Now, anyone who's into Dynasty Hardcore knows – that's not an offer that's even relatively close. There is no way I one, I would trade Najee Harris for Kamara straight up at this point. And two, and no way Mason Rudolph makes up the difference. There's I mean, there's no way I'm adding on to Najee Harris. Like, if you want to get yeah. Mason Rudolph off me as a dart, like I'm not just throwing him into a Najee Harris deal, right? Yes, yes. These are the kind of deals where I'm talking about where I know this owner is more of a redraft focused or has more of a redraft mindset because if he was a strictly dynasty manager there's not a lot of dynasty managers who are going to tell you that 
Alvin Kamara is going to go over Najee Harris because if there were, ADP would reflect that, and it doesn't. Yes, and, and okay, I'm glad you went there because I want to make one point here real quick, and then I also want to get into what you just went to. So it's a great segue. All right, so first thing, when you go through that transaction history, maybe you want you don't want to go back to the last year, you don't want to put that time in, but. When you go through and figure out high volume, low volume, what kind of deals they're making, is it a pattern or is it sporadic? What this ultimately is going to help you do is you're, while figuring out your league mates, it's really going to establish who your trade partner should be. And, and I think that is a, a point that really needs to be made is there are going to be times where whether it's the build, whether it's a stubborn owner, whether it's an owner that's not really w- willing to make a lot of deals, they're low volume, that not saying you won't trade with that person, he or she, but you're not going to spend a lot of time going down that road. So, for example, if, if they're high volume and it's a clear pattern, right, whether it's rebuild or going to that, you know, contending side, like Mike's talking about there with this owner, that's pretty straightforward, right? You're going to discuss player values and DMs. You're going to tra- tailor deals to that person's build, he or she, right? So. When you start doing this, especially if it's opposite builds, right? You're rebuilding and that person's contending. That's a great trading partner, right? Now, when you start getting into like low volume with a clear pattern, same principle, but it's going to require more work in the DMs to really understand their values, what the values are on both sides, and then also gauge interest and attempt to get them to conceptualize deals and send offers. Because sometimes low, low volume traders, They'll, they'll, they'll DM back and forth with you until they're blue in the face. But wh- wh- where's the offer? Wh- where are these deals? They're just talking about it. I think the thing, too, is when you get to this, okay, now there's not a pattern, right? It's not a pattern. It's not a plan. And it's high volume. And that person's losing out more often than not on deals. This is what Mike and I, Mike, I think you'll back me up on. This is what we call the fish. These are the fish of your league. This is... Note that. Understand, okay, this player here is making contending deals. Here he's making rebuilding deals. But there's no plan and they're losing on a lot of these deals. Okay, I want to take advantage of this owner because they don't know what they're doing. So understanding that, the converse of that would be Mike and I, the 40 chess savants, the ones that are probably winning more often than not. There's no clear pattern. You got to be careful with these managers because – more often than not, they're, they're going to be trying to finesse you. So understanding all that will help you really figure out where you're trying to go and who your trading partner should be. Now, to Mike's point, with the – so that was – give me that offer one more time. What, what was that offer? I would trade away Najee Harris and Mason Rudolph, and in return right. I would get Alvin Kamara. This is after the stuff that uh, – the, the legal potential trouble too? This is just a few days ago, man. Oh, a my few goodness. days. Wow. This isn't okay. like an offer I was sitting on months ago. <laughs> this is a few days ago. Oh, this is all right. So this is perfect. That, that tells me a massive a ton. Fuck ton about what this guy has in values. And and for real, it does. I, I, it does. I already kind of know what kind of league he likes to play in, like where his main focus is. And dynasty is not it. Not saying he's a bad dynasty manager or a bad dynasty owner. I'm just saying we have Far different values because this is a team that wants to compete every single year and plays it more like redraft. And these values are are far different. But that right. kind of information is good to know because if I want to structure a deal later down the road, I may be getting much better dynasty value in the long term and sending away pieces that are more redraft focused right now. And, and these are deals I may not be able to get done with with somebody who shares some of the same values that that I do, right? If we're both valuing youth in the same way, he yes. obviously doesn't value youth that way, because you would not send that kind of offer and no. be serious about it, right? Right, right. And, and, and okay, so that's such a good point because here here's the next thing is so those kind of what I was talking about to start that those are a lot of like how you should try to structure deals best ways for you to try to get the ball rolling and get deals done in your league that you're going to be sending out the offers. Okay. So then transitioning. So incoming deals, this, this is a different deal. And this is where I think sometimes, all right, this is something I actually learned from Mike Lou and it's so, so true. 
when that offer comes through to you, right, because it's not tailored to how you want a dynasty, it's kind of the opposite of what we're talking about, understanding your league mates. That's coming into you. A lot of times, dynasty is like, what is this clown doing? Come mm-hmm. on, man. What are we doing? Najee plus. I mean, it's not much of a plus, but it's still a piece for something, right? Alvin Kamara. What, what what are we doing? This is this is this is stupidity. They press decline, game over. Okay. But there could be a missed opportunity because they may just not know what they're doing as far as sending out offers, but they still actually might be really willing to go get Najee Harris for it, what you're willing to accept him for, right? And if you just press decline and, and let it be dead at that. That's potentially a missed opportunity. So where I want to get to is this. All right. So when you're talking about these incoming deals, right, there's a lot more leverage for you because you get to see what they want. I mean, you don't want Alvin Kamara for Najee Harris and Mason Rudolph, but you get to see they want Najee Harris. That's clear. Okay. So then you're going to, in a deal like this, that let's say it's a, it's a dog shit offer. You're not taking that. It's what you need to do is get in the DMs. Okay. Hey, I see you want Najee Harris. I'm just going to be honest with you. Alvin Kamara is, is not even close to enough for me. I would need this, this, and this. I would need what pieces that you see on their team in a DM to make that deal worth it. There's a lot of different ways to handle this, but I think the key here is like sometimes you just see that deal and you press the client and you just, you lose out on an opportunity. Now, maybe this owner is not going to make a deal that's worth it and they're just trying to finesse you, but there could be a chance that you just communicate with them. Alvin Kamara is not it, but if you give me a 23 first, you know, especially if they're a contending, they think contending like we know, they, they give you two first and, you know, a dart receiver, you know, something that they see as a dart that we actually like. Okay, now we're actually talking. So that that's that could be a missed opportunity. I think that's key to really take home here with the incoming offers. You you get to see they want Najee Harris. That is definitely something that I've tried to improve on over my time as a dynasty owner, manager, player, however you want to phrase it. Right. Is yeah. Sometimes you get offended by the offers, right? And then you maybe you blow up the DMs and then it turns into this pissing match. <laughs> and you didn't you didn't accomplish anything, right? Right, yeah. There, there are definitely some people out there that not just because of we've ever gotten to a pissing match about it, but they've done nothing but send me disrespectful offers all the time. So like I mentioned earlier, like that guy either stays on read or I just really don't pay attention to anything that he's sending me because I know it's, it's dog shit right <laughs> off the jump. Right. Like he's I'm not, sorry. Mike's got me rolling over here, man. I love this. It's true, though, man. Like it's you, so true, you know man. those people, so and yes. we know you, some of the same of people. <laughs> yes, there are plenty of them, man. Clowns. But in this case, like this is something that I've tried to get better at doing. So, this prime example of what Adam is talking about, he sends me the offer, and I literally open it up, and then like almost spit my drink out. Like, oh, <laughs> Wait, man, what? I can't believe I can't believe this shit. All right, so this is the point where <laughs> old McNutted. You know, yeah, pre yeah. pre pre new McNutted, new year, new me, but yeah. same me. <laughs> new McNutted goes, man. I would counter this, but we are pretty far apart here in how we were valuing Najee Harris. Yeah, and he responds with, "All right, well, you know, go ahead, shoot your shot, then go ahead and see what it is." So I put together a counter and send it. This is kind of the point where you kind of hope that you have a, a manager who understands. Like, like I was trying to be open with you, buddy. We are, we are pretty far apart here. The, uh, the, the offer gets instant rejected. And then I immediately get a new offer of Carlos Hyde for Najee Harris. So you can tell this just completely went downhill after that. Right? Yep. Like, yep. like, all right. Like that was kind of unnecessary, but I know the person. So I just kind of laugh it off. But if I didn't know this person, right. I understand where like the disrespectful things come into play. I don't want to escalate it anymore in chat. Old me would have definitely, I would have taken it like zero to a hundred. Take it to the next level. Zero to a hundred real quick. (laughs) Zero to McNutted and that, (laughs) that, that Dave Chappelle gif of uh, copy works or wherever he was working in that skit, you know, because fuck them. That's why that definitely would have, would have come into play, but my goodness. We'll just kind of leave it because there's one thing I have learned, especially from Ray and talking about in regards to dealing, is that 
if somebody really wants the player, they'll be back. They'll be they'll always come back. And I, I do the same thing as a dynasty manager. Like Adam, you know, if there's a guy on your team that I really want, and I send you an offer, and we can't really work it out, you know, at some point in the next month or two, I'll be back in them DMs. <laughs> like, hey, what about now? <laughs> like, hey, uh, how about now? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Have you cooled on this guy a little bit, or uh, maybe there's somebody on my team you're a little bit warmer on now? Can we make a deal now? So, this is kind of a big thing, right? It, it's kind of fun to be able to you know, pwn the kids, as they say, in, in the DMs when they make you shitty offers. But like Adam's saying, it, it you are kind of just burning a bridge and throwing away an opportunity if you just immediately decline or you or you let it flare up into a verbal altercation. Communicate with the other other person and see if there's something maybe you can work out. Or maybe maybe like Adam said, they they really don't know how to send a deal, right? Maybe they really don't know how to value a person. And if you kind of help them, I'm not saying pull out the trade calculator and take screenshots and send the crap, right? That's, that's, that's not a good way to start. But, hey, th- this is what I'm feeling. I feel that this guy is is far more valuable than this guy. I don't mind taking this guy into trade, but I'm going to need X, Y, and Z. Is there any way we can work on this? Or, or maybe this option or maybe this option. Like here's some guys I'm interested in. Maybe we'll replace one or two and see what goes from here. Yeah, very key. And see, this is so important because there's a couple things I think that when you get into like the actual, sometimes it's the devil is in the details, man. And so Mike was hitting on a point that I really wanted to touch on. I'm glad you brought that up. And that was something that was pretty much from Ray that I learned it too. I think though, the key with that is this. In this deal, like Mike's talking about this deal, let's just use this as a staple for just talking, okay? We, we could make a million different hypotheticals, but this one's on paper. It's on wax. Let's just go with that. We know that this, this manager, he or she, wants Najah Harris, right? But here's the thing. Kamara's not getting it done, especially with Mason Rudolph on the other side, okay? So when we're talking legit assets, right? I'm talking about the elite or the high-end startup picks, first five, six rounds, right? So you're talking, you know, Herbert, Swift, Chase, you know, guys in that range, e- even, you know, Javante. Um, you can even go down a little further, Jalen Waddle, Guys in that range, these are legit assets in fantasy. These type of assets, you need to draw the line in the sand when you're talking with them. Okay, based on what you have, I need something in this range. Otherwise, like we're, we're, I'm not moving them to you. I think sometimes people get a little trade happy. This, this can actually trade happiness can be a detriment to your team. So you just want to make a deal. So then you end up trading Najee at a little bit of a discount because you want to make this deal. You kind of go back and forth and back and forth. And you're like, oh man, I just want to make the deal happen. You put it through. No, you're all lying in the sand what you believe based on what we talked about last episode startup values, Najee Harris. 106, 112, he's in that two and a half, three first range. That's what I need out of him. Otherwise, I'm not moving, right? So draw that line in the sand. If that other manager really wants Najee Harris, they will find a way to make that deal come back to you and get it done. And otherwise, they may, maybe they didn't really want it or they're not willing to pay it, and you know, okay, move on. If they want it, they'll be back. Otherwise, I got 11 or 10 other people in a 12-team league that I can trade Najee Harris to. One thing, too, we definitely need to touch on, too, in regards to knowing your league mates that I've been sitting here thinking about, too. Yeah, yeah. These are things, like, get to know Adam and Mike, too. Like, these are things that you can use to exploit to your advantage or maybe push a deal over the finish line because of certain things. Number one, most people – I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think it's a very far limb. But most people who play Dynasty football have an NFL team that they like, that they oh, follow. Oh, man. I, I would say damn near every single one of them. They have to. It's 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 part of being a – if you're a Dynasty degenerate and you're in multiple leagues, you watch a lot of football. And if you watch a lot of football without having a team, you live in the middle of nowhere where there's just no way that you have a team. Otherwise, you have to have a team. You would be surprised too how many times we do these team reviews and we're trying to get trades done on the team review. Right? <laughs> you see an emblem in the- <laughs> Yes. You'll see a Cowboys yeah. logo and you'll be right. like, 
Oh man, see, okay. if, you can, see hey, if you can trade him CD Lamb right you now. You got CD, bro. Here you go. This is how you get this deal done. Boom. Correct. Subtle point, key point. There are some people like like your boy here who's an Eagles fan. And if you try to trade me Eagles, I'm highly critical of my own my own team. Outside of my stupid love for Miles Sanders for whatever reason, yeah. even though he disappoints <laughs> me year after year. But if you were trying to trade me Devontae Smith last year, it was kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I'm not too interested. I was very critical of Jalen Hurts. So if you were trying to flip me Jalen yeah. Hurts, it'd be like, you're barking up the worst tree possible here. I'm, I'm, I'm highly a, critical. I'm an Eagles but, fan, but I have no Jalen Hurts share. So good luck selling me Hurts. That's one aspect, though. That That's one that you can easily identify because some people put it as their damn logo, right? Their, their damn little emblem, their avatar in Sleeper. Or I don't know how the hell MFL works because it's MFL, but you get the idea, right? I mean, how many times is it also a player? Okay, right? They put their they put their dude, their guy, yeah, as their that's their emblem. Okay, this is I've got Javante. He's got he's a big Javante fan. Okay, these are subtle little points you can make moves on. Real time deal, Bomb Squad to the sequel. Ray used Uh this against us. He he got us and. I'm gonna give him credit, man. There was some finesse. There was some finesse done, and some this finesse. is this is 4D. Honestly, this is 4D. This is where you get into. You can get a sense of what people value players higher. Maybe they're high on. Maybe they were talking in, in chat about how they really like this guy. They posted a highlight of him. Whatever you can take these little snippets. Ray knows. Ray knows from from my Twitter, from listening to us, from from Adam, from all these different sources. Who's our RB one right now in this rookie class? You already know. I mean, Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller. It, it, it's not a massive gap. So before people lose their damn mind and go crazy, let's caveat it. It's not that. But Ray sent us a trade where he's trying to get Drake London and Rashad White off of us. And he was sending us Travis Etienne. Now, we both like Travis Etienne. But when we discussed this deal, like, should we take it? Should we not take it? It led us to another discussion like, man, I don't think Travis Etienne should be as high as he is in our rankings. So we go in our change of rankings. Ray, we're not really into this trade. You know, it's just not for us. I really don't see a counter. We hit decline, right? How long did it take before Ray played us like a fiddle? And came back with an offer where we're like, man, we have to take it, right? Wasn't very long. A few Not hours. Not at all. Not at all. And, and see, this is where it, – that's a nice transition you just made there. I'm going to give you credit on that. Understanding your league mates can be played out like this. You send an offer through. You know, okay, if you listen to our, our podcast, 40 Chess, if you start tuning in the Dynasty Trade Show – Mike and I will disagree here and there, but by and large, we have a lot of the same values tried and true throughout. We tend to want the elite potential three-down skill set running backs. So Ray understands this. Okay, best ball league. I see you got Drake London. I see you got Richard White. Dynasty values. And, you know, knowing how you dynasty, what about Travis Etienne for those? We talk about it. We think about it. We end up declining. Okay, get in the DMs. Hey, what does this deal look like instead of if that's ETN, that's Spiller? You guys value Spiller higher, right? Yeah, we do. Okay. How does that look then if it's Spiller, right? This is prime example of understanding your league mates and then utilizing what you know about them to ultimately get deals done, which make them happy. But ultimately, you're getting the return you want. I think this is the key takeaway because... When you make those deals, th- this is the other very big thing. I want you to think about this from the dynasty long-term standpoint, right? There's leagues that have turnover with managers. But some of the best leagues have the same managers in there, the same 12 managers for four, five, six, seven, eight years, right? Part of the big takeaway there is you're building a bridge, right? Now you have trade rapport with this person. If you just only send those, remember when I talked earlier in the episode, those shitty stick to the wall deals, like, okay, maybe this person presses accept and then they realize two, three, four months later, fuck, man, I got, I got boned on this deal. Like, I'm not going to make a deal with this person again. I, why would I do that? You want to make a lot of these deals 
which are catering to them, that you're also getting your value back, which are establishing trade rapport for the long haul. Because in Dynasty, guess what? They're going to continue to be back. You want to make trade partners where you're both getting what you want and sizing it up so that you're okay. Maybe now they're going to start coming to you with more offers. Hey, what about this? What about that? And you now you know what they how they think and how they dynasty. You can make moves that make sense for both sides of how you want to do things. That is ultimately how you build a dynasty, making a bunch of moves that are actually helping the other manager and you're still gaining value on your side. I don't. I don't think either side of us in that that Ray deal that we made lost or won the trade at this point. I think it's a very fair deal. But you know exactly what I said to you when you got in my DMs and and you sent it to me and you're like, hey, Ray's going to offer Isaiah Spiller for the same thing. And I was like, ah, son of a bitch, he got us. He he found the the pressure point and he pushed it and it's the right button to make me go, yep, let's do it. The deal was structured correctly. It's just maybe – moving up and down slightly players or a lot of times it's just tinkering slightly when the deal is close. And that I think is the takeaway is finding those type of deals with your league mates, understanding your league mates. I'm telling you too, man, I've learned this by doing it by experience. I can't tell you Mike, how many times when I first started doing this, a lot of times, especially us dynasty degenerates, right? You people listening, myself, we think we know all the dynasty values and we think we understand what these teams are doing. So you start making these deals. Here's the thing. Like I said earlier, how I cannot tell you how many times I think I'm sending this trade offer to these teams. And I'm like, they got to be rebuilding. You know, they, they, they have to be rebuilding. So I'm sending them all these deals that are, okay, I'm going to give you these two young pieces. I'm going to take your George Kittle, whatever stud, you know, that are getting a little older. Like that makes sense for them. Right. But then when you start doing that transaction history that I'm talking about, you start getting into what they're doing what they're putting on wax. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm telling you, go do that exercise, Dynasty Degeneres. You will see there are going to be some people in these leagues you're in. You're going to be like, man, I was so wrong. I thought this team would should be rebuilding based on what I think, but it doesn't matter what you think. They're trying to contend, believe it or not. As crazy as it looks to you on paper, they want to contend with that team. So understanding that and then having that point to go off of can totally change the way you make deals. I think that's the thing. Art of the deal. Understand the other side. One thing I want to stress, especially, so this is part of knowing your league mates, but also part of how to interact with your league mates, right? I have a pretty brash personality in leagues, and I like to post gifts and rag on people for that, trades, right? That's putting that's it my... mildly. He comes in. He, he's the alpha <laughs> establisher. He's coming in with the gifts. He's putting people on blast. That's, that's McNutter. Right. I don't recommend that for everybody. But one of the things I can tell you that I absolutely do not want to do, unless it's a league full of people that I'm close with, friends with, right? We have a good rapport, you know, uh, guys at the DD team. Like if we're in these kind of bomb squad leagues, it's kind of fun to joke around and be a clown, right? I'm not going to go into a league full of a bunch of people that I don't really know and kind of act the same way, right? Yeah. One of the things I will say, even I, with my stupid personality and the way that I act, I I absolutely despise those people who hop in your DMs and then tell you how great of a trade this is because you need to be doing X, Y, and Z for your team, right? That is some of the most disrespectful shit that you could ever do to another dynasty manager, and it's an instant way to never get deals done with them. That Imagine is that's such a good point. Damn, those, of you, such a good point. those of you who have kids, right? It would be like somebody coming into your house and telling you how you need to raise your children, right? These are mine. Like, this is mine. This is what I'm growing. This is what I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me when I have to put my kid to bed. I can do it my damn self. I'm a, I'm a big boy. I got do, this. Do not. I urge you. I urge you to not be the used card salesman telling myself or Mike or even the random person in your home league that you think you can get over your, your team's not ready to win. You, you need to do this and do that. Like do not do that, man, because one, I'm going to tell you what happens a lot of times. It comes off as condescending. Like you think, you know what I need to do with my team. You're kind of like, it's condescending. You're basically telling them, I know what is going on in the dynasty space and you don't. That, that a lot of times is what comes off. And then also, like, 
you know what? You should really take this deal because that that person you want to contend that that's that's going to help you win. Like you're someone's trying to sell me Zeke or some of these guys that are clearly declining assets, and they're saying, oh, but you're contending. It makes sense for you to take Zeke. Stop, stop, man. That you do not know what I value and what I think if you're trying to do this because you telling me in my DMs Zeke is going to help me win. That that's not helping you get it closer to a deal. That's getting you further from a deal. So. Those are like, there's a lot of points we could make, I think, for the next, man, what? We could probably do this three, four hours, man. Because the micro dynamics of leagues, a lot of times, that's part of why you need to come, if you like what we're doing, come like check us out in person. We can go through all this with you and help you figure it out. Because micro dynamics, Mike, we could talk about this for hours, literally hours on here and have good content. But the big takeaway really needs to be like, do not, do not assume that you know everything about your league mates when you go to make these deals, because there's a lot of times you don't, man. And, and you need to go through a process of figuring out what their lenses look like. The last thing I'll say before we get out of here and kind of put this on is we just talked about knowing league mates, right? Knowing individual people, tendencies, what they like to do. There's also the league dynamic as a whole. And you and I can attest to this how many times we talked about last year being in bomb squad with a lot of sharp people a lot of good managers about how devalued future picks were and how we both said multiple times like man i kind of wish i was in the rebuild mode because it just seems like when i'm in trade talks with people nobody really values these rookie picks the way they we believe be. that they yeah. should be right. Right. Like right. we right. could right. easily acquire most, if not all, of these picks going into next year if we were on a teams that weren't older, trying to compete. Right. Contending. Right. We already had that contender rigid build. We're not even gonna talk about the fact that I won that league again. Wait, we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, going used car salesman on us. He's doing it. Damn, I like. Uh, I like. Uh, I There's only we've in. had nine know. of these episodes. I think Mike's told us that he's won that league at least four or five times. We're at least every other time, but, hey, but he did win it, so it's fair. It's the perks of winning the league, right? <laughs> I get to brag about it for. I'm 12 gonna tell months. you, Mike. We're gonna be almost through next year, and Mike is still gonna be telling us how to yes. crown last year. So I, until I there's a new crown, six. yeah. Until there's a new crown. You are going to hear McNutt talk about he's wearing the crown. You could you could bet that, ladies and gentlemen. You could bet that. But that is like the, uh, another overall dynamic of knowing your league. If people aren't really valuing uh, future assets, first-round picks, 22, 23, 24, whatever the case may be, and it seems like a majority of your league has Dude. picked a direction of, of trying to be these middling contenders and nobody really wants to go to the rebuild, If you if you have that idea – that's that's the perfect time to go. You know what? I thought I might be a contender, but let me just let me just trade yes. all this stuff away and let me start hoarding draft picks and let me be the one guy who goes, I'm going to do the rebuild. I'm going to take the draft picks. Or man, that's conversely, such a good point. there there are leagues you and I have been a part of, especially you especially when you get startups. into like that Devi when you start yeah. getting into a lot of the Devi crowd, right? I'm, yep. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like I know where you're going. Yep. So you get to this Debbie crowd and they start overvaluing the pick side. They start thinking everything is youth. You'll see like a lot of times in those type of leagues where they're sharper overvaluing you side. I'm not saying that's not the right thing to do because we all want youth and dynasty. But sometimes you'll get in this crowd where it's such a sharp league that it's like, whoa, Travis Kelsey's sitting here in like middle of four, almost into five. Like, okay, you're kind of forcing my hand to take contending sides. So Man, the mind melt's so real sometimes, bro. That, that that is such a good point. And, and here's the thing, too. When you talk about this, I, I was I played basketball my whole life, and, and one of my young when I was young, one of my coaches that really helped kind of teach me the game. One of the things he always said all the time. I know he's not listening to this, but shout out John Stein. Take what the defense gives you was one of the things he taught. It was his line all the time. Okay. And what that really means is there are going to be times where you have this idea of what you want to do with an offense, but they're going to give you a lane to drive and get a layup. So sometimes pivoting because you can read the league or multiple players in the league and say, 
I kind of wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was hoping to contend, but I'm seeing so much value on this other side. It might be better for me to go ahead and take that value and contend in a year or two. And which also brings me to the next point. When you really get into like what sometimes Mike and I want to do, and that's playing 40 chess, when you start doing these things where you're willing to not have a true focal point in what you're doing for trades because you're taking value. Part of understanding how you're going to play 40 chess in those, in those situations is, okay, I'm a contending team. Last episode, you probably heard me talk about that Kyler Murray trade. Mike has some, we've, we have plenty of other ones we could talk about, but you take, okay, I need to tear down from Kyler Murray and pick up assets. Otherwise this team can't do what it has to do. You take on these picks, right? So if you're a contending team, and you want to take on picks, or vice versa, you're a rebuilding team, and that you can't get picks because they don't have enough, but you need to take on other assets, which really aren't rebuilding, and, and you're thinking forward of how am I going to now take this older crusty piece and flip it. When you do that, understanding your league mates, understanding all of them, and thinking about how you're going to make the next move, and how, how that applies to your, you, you need to have that thought out. Otherwise, you could get stuck making 40 chess moves, which go wrong. And man, you do not want to be on the side of trying to play that value game over and over. And then you force a deal because you have a certain team build you want to do. You screw the whole thing up. So don't try the the crazy detailed stuff at home without really thinking through how you're going to really make it play out in your league. Because Mike and I talk about that startup value last episode as much as we want to. We're blue in the face. But it does not matter if you know all that stuff if you aren't finding the people in your leagues to make the deals happen. A lot of it comes into here with the microdynamics and understanding where you're going to go when you make these deals. Yeah, you got to have your finesse game on point. I think that's the show right there. That's it. Yeah, man. That's it. That's everything in a nutshell. We'll get the obligatory uh, final wrap up here before we get out of here. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not one of the people who, who are in the know, your boys are running the Dynasty Trade Show on Ray GQ's channel. So check that out on YouTube. We got it every week. For whatever reason, this man's like, yo, you guys do this. And I'm like, all right, let's 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 go. You guys can make fun of me in the YouTube comments. You can you can you can put it down below. We get some uh, some merciless comments in the youtube the youtube it's great though i have a good time with it it's fun uh as always too you want more of this the dynasty trade show and what we're doing the weekly podcast here the 40 chess if you want more the patreon's open man so many people keep joining so many people keep making this thing a hell of a community patreon.com forward slash south Harmon. I'm constantly sitting at work thinking of new ways to improve this, to add new features, to add rankings, to add ADP, live streams, whatever the case is. I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to the Patreon. I'm addicted to podcasting. I'm addicted to the the trade show, to being a content creator I didn't think I'd ever be. And, of course, your your boy's on TikTok now. (laughs) TikTok's my 14-year-old, my my 13-year-old daughter got me into TikTok. We got McNutted on TikTok. I love it, though. And and see, this is so key to Mike and I. When we we started this whole idea, it was never to – listen, do we love taking over the Dynasty Trade Show? Hell yeah. I remember a couple times I got my deals in the Dynasty Trade Show. This is part of like – I got my deal in. Okay, I got to check out this episode because it's on there. I heard about it. Watched it. Excited. Now, now Mike and I are actually doing the Dynasty Trade Show. That does not have a monetary value for me, right? Mike and I are not doing this because we're trying to make money down the road. You can come subscribe to our Patreon for a dollar, man. In this day and age, what you can get for a dollar, bro, it was almost $4 to fill my gas tank up, a, a gallon. Like a dollar. Listen, if you want to come check us out, Come do it. I promise you. If, you. if you're into this point of the episode and you're feeling what we're putting down for a dollar a month, come check out what we got going on over there. What we're doing, the interaction that both the patrons have with each other and we have with them, the team reviews we have going on. 
talking about this episode, especially this episode, when we talk about breaking it into the league mates in your league, the micro dynamics, figuring out, okay, how are you going to make this team that you want to rebuild? How are you going to make it happen? That That's a lot dependent on understanding your league mates. So if you like what we're putting down here, come check us out over there. Watch even for a dollar a month. You can watch some of our team reviews when we have them. We do this same thing with all of the people in the $5 tier. So all the point here is that like, if you like what we're doing, come check us out over there. I promise you it's taken up tenfold. And like Mike said, we're playing 40 chess over there. We're trying to figure out how we make it better, how we make it more interactive. How do we provide more value to everyone that subscribes? So that, that's kind of the, the finishing touch. Lastly, just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to do it. We're out of here. Peace out. Peace. Peace.